Hello, and welcome to another episode of Scavenger Life. This is episode number 513 at scavengerlife.com. So I have a lot of ideas and feelings that I want to walk through. Great. All right. So it's like a train, Ryan. I can't say exactly where it's going to go, but let's let's jump on, okay? So, I've always been obsessed with money. And Not like money, like, what? I need to get rich, like, where's my money? <laughs> I mean, it's more about, like, you know, I, I realized as a pretty young person that I needed money to live, you know? Like, yeah. To pay for things. And it didn't matter how frugal I was. Like when I was younger, like sleeping on people's couches or just eating really cheap. I mean, yeah. I, you always need money, yeah. you know. Uh, and the only way to get money was to work for somebody else. And at the time, I was always working low-paying jobs. And it took a lot of time to make enough money to live on. Right. So for a while there, I was in the cycle of, I think about it now, I was probably the worst employee. But, you know, I'd get a job, <laughs> work for three to six months. Right. Save up enough money quit yeah then be able to live for you know sometimes i could stretch it out for six months where right. i wouldn't have to work yeah but i had enough frugal, money like you to, said. to live yeah sleeping yeah. on the couch and all that but i'd always have to go back to yeah. getting a job and it didn't feel great and it wasn't like a great lifestyle uh, i mean that's why when we started selling old shoes on the internet on <laughs> yep, ebay yep. uh it was like really a revelation right I mean, I remember when we, you know, started selling, and mainly you were doing it. You were selling, like, clothes that we would find, and we were doing auctions, starting them off at 99 cents, remember that? <laughs> well, like, or, that's what eBay was back then, or, right? Or, or, you know, we'd sell something for, like, $10, and I just remember, like, this is incredible. Yeah, it was. It like, was I couldn't believe it. We, we were getting trash bags full of clothes. Yep. For like five dollars, yep. and then selling them for you know sometimes ten dollars for a piece for of one piece of. <laughs> well, I mean, it was what it was that idea of it costs almost nothing, and then each piece can right. pay for you know ten more bags. And, and I feel like that was like I was like, let's just go crazy. And we did. This. I mean, it solved the problem. I don't think we, we'd ever talked about it. I mean, it solved the problem that we had had, that I had had for a long, long time. You right. Know? Uh, I don't know. And, you know, I think, so here's where the train starts fearing off a little bit. Right? <laughs> uh-huh. So something that scares me is when I talk to older people. Yeah. And they have, they seem to be really confused about what's going on in their life like they seem confused about where they are now yeah granted there's a lot of people who live their whole lives and they're very content in their older age they like understand where they are they're like i made all these choices you know i invested this is my home yeah i love what i do i have hobbies there are though people and these are the ones that scare me that's that are old and they're like they don't verbalize this, but when I talk to them, they're just like, how did this happen? How did I get you know, here? How did I get here? And I understand life is unpredictable, but it's like they didn't know they needed to make choices or the choices that they were going to make would lead them to where they are. Or they thought something else would happen. Yeah. or just Like something else was going to happen to them. And it scares me because I'm like, 
am I like that? You know, like, am I going to be one of those old people? And like, what happened? And so that's why like every day, every night before I go to bed, I always think about what we're going to do or what I'm going to do the next day. Yeah. I mean, again, I can't predict the future, but I, you know, I'm hoping it's not going to confuse me. Right. You're not going to wonder how you ended up here. So, you know, so why am I talking about this? I mean, it's kind of like to merge those two ideas. I mean, that's why, you know, selling on eBay, giving us our time. And now all of this comes from opening this cafe. Right. Uh, You know, it's like we're making something real. I mean, this cafe, I think it's dawned on me this past week. Like this is, it's real. It's really real. It's a real thing that people are interacting with. I mean, these ideas we've always kind of thrown around with like helping change our little small town. I can feel it. Yeah. You know? We had our ribbon cutting this week. Yeah, we had a ribbon cutting. <laughs> it was so funny. And like the mayor came. Yeah, right. And, uh, and you know, we're so in our a roaster building right now, which is about a block away from the cafe. Yeah. And we're here because it's Mother's Day and we're packed. It is packed. So I'm here. Like there's no room for us. I'm here and they're telling me if they need milk or something and then I yeah. go and run it over there. Uh, but, you know, it's it's exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, those thoughts and ideas of how to get somewhere in life, you sort of like, I mean, this is how we work. Like you said, not everyone works this way. You kind of make those decisions day by day, every single night before the next morning. And then you get to a point and you're like, oh, well, that's what we wanted to do. And there it is. Well, Okay. (laughs) Like it it feels, it almost feels funny. Like being over there and being like, oh, we're open and people know we're open and people come here every day and they're excited. And that's what we wanted. And we're making money too. Yeah. And it's our business. Right. Our collective. Right. With with the four of us. Yeah. Right. And that's exciting. And again, the, the young Jay who was so worried about making money and you know at and, and then at the same time banging his head against a wall or working right. a low paying jobs for other people i mean i just it feels so good yeah you know? yeah to know that there's choices to yeah. be able to and like you said i mean with money like the way you think of money and the way you think of money now is it's a resource. It's a tool. You know, we're not here to make money to like buy a bigger house or like, that's not interesting to us. Um, well, it's like old Jay in the future who I think about a lot. mm -hmm. I'm like, what is old Jay? What is old Jay going to want? This is like past Jay, old Old Jay, Jay. (laughs) current Jay. Like I, I, I'm talking to all the Jays. What does old Jay want? You know, like I said, uh, it would be so cool if old Jay could go to like a little coffee shop in our town that has been open for a long time and he knows everybody. And And uh, this is what he wants. And he can look at at the Creek from the window and just, have that stillness and then just die yeah right and then just die i i I don't know if i'd want to die right there and scare everybody but you know yeah Uh, why not uh so you know when we were starting ebay and you know and i was so excited yeah and i and i can remember those days it was you taking pictures 
you doing all the work. I was like more an observer mm-hmm. and I would help you find things. Yes. But then we were like, if we want to really ramp this up, we need to build some systems. Yes. You know? And that's when I started getting involved and taking photos. Well, you were taking photos. I was, right. I was grabbing all the photos and listing. Right. So. And, and that's how, and this was like, you know, 2008, 2009. Yeah. You know, that's where we developed the you know just put stuff list it and forget it just volume right and we did that because we built a system to do that and then and then we had to figure about storage and we We paid for storage man when we were redoing our house in 2009 2010 yeah i mean two we had two storage units we had two storage units plus like at one point, all these bins of shoes in our back room. <laughs> like the guys working on our house were probably just like. And we had like what? little outbuildings that were like where people, you know, before us were storing their lawnmowers. But you know, the, the, whole, the whole point was is that we needed storage, and then anyway. Yeah, yeah. So as we're doing this coffee shop, so this this is our second full week open. Yeah, it seemed like it's been a lot longer. I know. Uh, we've all been. Working seven days a week on this, yeah. I feel like that first week it was pretty chaotic. It did look like it if you right, it, looked, it was under control. But I remember we were all we would all just be like, "Shoot, it's like we're trying to figure out how to do things how to catch up efficiently." I mean, I mean, it wasn't so much that it was right. like, "Oh, we'll figure it out as we go." We were so busy that. We were just like, we need milk in the middle of the day, run to the grocery right. store, go now. And, you know, yeah. all – it's four of us who, who own the, the coffee business cafe is that – I mean, we all understand about a system and how to right. do things. But you you can't really pre-think all of it. You have to kind of learn as you go. And, yeah. and I remember this past week, like yesterday, we were yeah. like restocking. I could tell that – we all were knowing what to do. Right. It was starting like we were all automatically. Yeah. We're creating ways to do things where yeah. it's getting easier, where we're cutting out the junk and the waste out of our movements, right. getting more efficient. We're assigning things to different people. Right. You know, we're able to tell our employees like what they need to be doing. Yeah. And then the 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 way that calm happens is that then it's all just becomes a habit right everyone knows what their job is so it's similar on the other side of it for the roasting where you know we now know especially with i mean at this point we know uh with a second cafe we need a lot of xyz like It's not just like you are like doing full double roasts of certain of, things. Of beans. Yeah. It's not things of coffee beans. Well, I'm yeah. saying of yeah. like, like we need espresso. We need Southern split. Like we need a ton of Brazil. Okay. So we're getting into the habit of like, we know we need that. We yeah. know it's not just sort of like, well, we're not really sure what it's like. We know. Yeah. Um, so you get into the system of like, I know we're going to need extra. And that's me learning too, because yeah. Phil already knows all that stuff. But me as like the second roaster, I'm like, oh, I, we're probably going right. to need X, Y, Z. And, you know, I mean, even though it's been, it feels like it's been a long two weeks, I feel like we are kind of turning that corner. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping in a month we'll have built it up even more yeah. where we can start putting a lot of these things that we are all doing onto people we're paying. Right. So we can not and that's the point. be doing it. Yeah. Well, that's the point is you, 
But, I mean, we have to know what those things are. Right, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. You perfect, I mean, it's just like with eBay. I mean, (laughs) it's the same thing. You perfect it, in quotes, you get it to a point where you understand it enough to explain it to someone else. I need this, 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 in this order. I mean, and that's the thing, like with eBay, I see people say, well, I want to hire someone to like take photos and list. And sometimes I feel like there's a disconnect because they're thinking, I want someone to figure this out for For me, me, which is so much different than hiring someone where you show them exactly what you want them to do because you've done it before. And you like it a certain way. It's not, I've never seen it possible to, you know, if you're really good at like finding things and you really love shopping. Yeah. But then you don't like the the dirty work, the like unglamorous work of taking photos and you just can't hire somebody. And it's the same way with this cafe. I feel like I've seen little uh, restaurants where someone has a dream of like, you know, I want like a little diner. And then they hire guys for 10 bucks an hour. But they haven't told them what they need to do. Well, so that's the difference between just hiring employees to figure it out and having business partners who you're figuring it out together and you're employing people. I mean, that's just... It's just like a different business model. I mean, I've you know? been so impressed with Phil and Jill, our partners. Phil is like doing the coffee. Jill's doing the food. Yep. And they're there every day. They're doing it. Yep. And our employees are right there beside them. Yep. They are watching and learning from them. And then and, and then I can see what's happening. Yeah. They're training two or three people each. Yeah. And then at some point, they're going to like stop showing up. Quite as often. Right. You know, or quite as early. <laughs> come in a little bit later. Leave yeah. a little bit earlier. Yeah. And then maybe on a Monday, on a slow day, they don't come in at all. And right. the employees do everything. You know, yep. like that's the way to do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And, and, that and that's how they did it in yeah. their other shop too. Right. I mean, they're still involved there. But for a long time, it was like they were yeah. there every day, every day. And then they started training people. And then, yeah. you know, eventually you can be like, okay, you know what to do. These are the checklists. This yeah. is what you have to do when you open, you yeah. know? Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's exactly yeah. for any job when you're hiring people. That's like how it's got to go. I was a, fun train ride right like it wasn't too scary you weren't screaming (laughs) i don't think i bought it i don't remember buying a ticket to this train ride but here i am uh so ebay specifically this week um a couple things we've been talking about how it's been kind of slow yeah recently someone and i joked about conspiracy theories right that ebay is listening on the phone they hear we have another business and they're deciding we don't get we aren't we don't deserve as many sales well someone on youtube suggested another conspiracy theory yeah it rings just true enough i know to where like could it be true so we like a lot of people downgraded our subscription from anchor to premier Premium? Yeah, premium or something. You know, because eBay allows it because they now... Well, premium can do 10,000 listings, and And that's what we needed. So we want to pay a lot less. But it just seems like a real coincidence. It was like May 1st. As soon as we did it, our sales have slowed down. Right. Now, I would say (laughs) 
It could be. Uh, I mean, that is that is a valid question where you're like, you know, yeah. there was a. I mean, if you think about it, that was well advertised by eBay. That might have been a huge shift for a lot of people. Yeah. I wonder if it just messed with the site. I don't know, like what what could have messed yeah. with the site where you're like. I'm just paying a different price. Like right. it's not like anything, not all my listings didn't all end. Like right. nothing happened, yeah. but I just wonder if something happened with search. I mean, yeah. we'll go into our numbers, but <laughs> my God, what was it last week was like, we made $600 net. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's so half like the, of what we usually make. The smallest amount we've ever made. But things did sell. Okay. Yeah, uh, so that's that's interesting. The other thing is um, our helper. Yes. The young man, the young teenager who's been helping us in September, he put in his two weeks. It was very cute. He he came to us like a real gentleman, like a real like young adult, and said, I need to talk to you. Yeah. I'm putting in my two weeks. Like because, in person, because, not over right, text. You know, like, because uh, we know his parents. So his I know par- his parents. I know his parents right made him So it was, it was good. You know, he's like, I'm doing more football. and Yeah. he Well, his school, school is right. coming back, right? So it's fine. And, you know, I think about it too. When I was a teenager, like I said earlier, I don't oh. think I held a job for more than six to 12 months. So yeah. Like fine. this is not an adult who's like, this is a great part-time gig and right. I'm going to keep it forever. So... Now we have to find another one. Yeah, you know. Talk about training. I mean, we got to find somebody so else. So we, we talked about this. We either need to, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll do all these at the same time. Keep our eye out for someone yeah. else that who is flexible and, and needs like a flexible part time job. Right. Uh, to take photos for us. Right. You know? um, so we'll uh, work on that. Yeah. In the meantime, we have a lot of stuff to take pictures of. And what we're talking about is like, Start pulling out like the, ten things, the best of the best at a time. Like yeah. start skimming off the things we're excited about, and like I'll start taking pictures again. Right, you know, right. Um, do ten at a time, yeah, just to kind of keep things, yeah, keep the engine. Pumped. And that's okay. I mean, it's okay to kind of stockpile things in our. It's not drafts; it's scheduled. I have a hundred and I, the other day I had like a few hours that I, it was, I think it was Friday. You were doing stuff for the coffee shop. I had roasted the day before. Um, everything was, you know, I wasn't needed. So I was like, I'm just going to sit down. I had shipped coffee earlier that day and I was like, it was raining out. I was just like, I'm going to list. So I listed like a bunch of stuff, but I still have like 180 items in my drafts. You know, I had like 200 and. Right. 30. So we probably have a good six weeks of items. Yeah. In the, now he is going to work for a couple more weeks. Right. So two I can, weeks. Yeah. Because that's what an adult does. They give yeah, and give your employer It's so two funny. Weeks. A two-week notice. That's yeah. great. Uh, uh, yeah. The other thing is, uh, this is just a random eBay thing. Someone was saying that... How to list a multi-box listing. Oh, yeah. Multi-box listing, yeah. This was a question. Yeah. So let's say you're selling an, right. uh, a mirror set. Like right. Like three of them. Right. You can't, and they've got to go in three different yeah. boxes. Yeah. How do you charge for that? Yeah. 
for shipping. Yeah, um, for shipping. right. Or like a <laughs> this is a classic one that I've heard a lot, which is like a set of encyclopedias. Like they are way too heavy to send in one box. Right. So you're like, this is gonna be probably three media but mailboxes. eBay doesn't allow that. So yeah. the only way I can think of it yeah. is is you put the weight in but then because it's going to go in multiple boxes, it's going to be more expensive than that. Then you just put a, a big, big handling, handling fee. time. A fee, handling yeah, fee. sorry, a handling fee. Um, or you do flat rate, <laughs> which is crazy for a big, weird set of something. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, it's 50 bucks to ship. But just so I'm clear, uh, explain it to me like, I'm a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a 50-pound right. item. right. Going to California. But you do it in two boxes. Right. It's going to be two 25-pound boxes right. is more expensive than one, one 50 50-pound box. box. Probably. So probably. Yeah. Because of... Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yes, that's true. Um, what was I thinking? There was something recently that happened where I was like, oh, yeah, that would be fine. Except, oh, it was a coffee order where someone was like... Oh, you could send this in one box, but it's easier if you send it to me in two boxes. And I'm like, but that's double shipping, but they didn't pay double shipping. You know, we were like, what do we do? I mean, Um, I think that the real answer is, is like, we just avoid selling anything anything that needs multiple boxes. Right. Uh, So if we were to sell an encyclopedia set, we would split up the set. Yeah, you'd probably split it up. I mean, that's why we split up China sets, because I don't want to send... 123 piece. <laughs> no way. Plus, honestly, China. you make yeah. more. Uh, right. Look, you so, make more money. You make right. more money when you break stuff up. Yeah. I mean, that's not a great answer. And I think it would be awesome if eBay was like, oh, is this in three 20 pound boxes? You know, like Steve Schultz, Steve Schultz is a great example. Right. If he sells, you know, a stereo system, so there's the stereo and then the two speakers. That's probably three boxes. I wonder how he does. I don't know. Steve, Steve call me. Steve, are you <laughs> email. Get on the forum, quick. Okay, let's talk about our numbers. So, how slow was it? So, we sold yeah. 30 items, which is better. We sold 22 items a week. Okay, so, so 30 is pretty good. It's, it's a good trend upwards. Yeah. Our gross sales was $1,196. Okay. So, 1200 bucks gross sales. Okay. That's including eBay fees. A little bit taxes. higher. After all those shipping fees and taxes, um, $853. Not, you know, we like to make $1,000 a yeah. every week. So so that's getting there. But we're getting there. So, I mean, that's the other thing. When we say slow, I mean, doom and gloom is like we sell three things. Right. So we sold 30 things. Right, right, right. That's a good number. Yeah. Yeah. Young Jay... If you were to tell him, <laughs> you just made $850 this <laughs> week, like I would be like, Selling what? garbage you found yeah. <laughs> in a back box. Then, if I worked 40 hours, you know, and back when Young Jay oh was, God. it was like five thirty-five an hour. I mean, my God, I was pulling in like after taxes, like under $200 a week. Can, can you? Yeah, I mean. Young Jay jumping for joy. I know. Old Jay's like, well, what are you going to do with that money? Like, how is this going <laughs> to make me secure as an old man? Yep, so, yep, yep. There's a lot of stuff going on in my head, Ryan. Um, Apparently. Okay, things we sold. Uh, so 13 out of those 30 items were worth clothing yes. items. Shoes, clothes, a hats. Yeah, um, just like... And a lot of older clothes, like things that we just we refuse to get rid of. We sold a dress yes. for $60. 
and th- that dress I've had ten years since two thousand nine. Yeah, since we lived in our old house before we bought our house. <laughs> so it's like only I photographed years. it twice. I photographed it twice. <laughs> so because the first one was like the old photos, right. I didn't you know it didn't look as good. So I re-photographed yeah. it like five years in ago. The early days of our store, we were selling clothes. Yeah, and, you know we would try different things. Vintage dresses. Ryan tried for a while dresses because it was cute, and yeah. other girls were selling dresses. And I they, cannot like, sell a dress to save my life. I now. think. I mean, I'm assuming it's just because it's hard to buy a dress on the internet for yes. a woman because you, you want to try it on. Well, you want to try it on, and the. <laughs> the level of measurements that you need, you know, here, 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 yeah. here, here, here. Let me ask you a question. You know? Yes. A woman, women. Yes. Have different bust sizes. Right. How does a dressmaker have a size for a women with different busts? So they could all be the same right. height. Well, this and- is what I'm saying. It's like bust, waist, hips. Right. No, like, I mean, I, I, I understand yeah. that. So on the tag, right? what does it say? Like size big, 8. Big, like size 8 big bus, size 8 no bus? No, it bust? just says size 8. Okay. That's exactly why right. people are like, I need, you know, and people send me this stuff for jeans all the time. I need the rise, the waist, the hips, the <laughs> inseam, and, and man. And it's like $18. You're like, no, yeah, you're I'm like, not going to no, give it no, to you. I have the waist and I have the inseam, and that <laughs> right. is... That's all. Uh, I did do the hips at some point. Um, But I think that's just the tough thing. I also, right. So it's especially with vintage because it'll be like size 14 and you look at a vintage size 14 and you're like, this is for a child. Like it's, I don't know where they got that size. (laughs) Um, Like I can't even fit it. Yeah, no. So um, there's that. I also think there's a lot of competition on Poshmark um, on Etsy because Etsy is like big with vintage clothing, vintage dresses, like yeah. Depop, whatever those yep. like places are. So I just don't sell. I also well, <laughs> something I also don't sell very often are pumps, mm, like high heels. Mm. I used to sell high heels all the time, and I think again it's that competition with like yeah. people selling their own. Yep. For ten dollars free shipping yep. for Ferragamos, you're like. And plus, it. I just think in the past decade, clothes have begun have gotten so cheap. Clothes are so fast cheap. fashion. Just like, like Goodwill bins are everywhere. I mean, not like, only that, but just like even you know, brand new clothing right. companies like what is it, Century Twenty One? Oh, H and M or Forever Twenty One? Yeah, Forever I mean, Century Twenty One. Yeah, just realtor. like these places um, where they have new fashion lines. Every yeah. other week. Well, I thought about it. So the jeans I'm wearing are from H&M because they cost like $4 new. And they are falling apart. I just found a new hole in them. And I'm like, I feel like I need to go to H&M because they fit me. And they're, they're like $6? Yeah. Wow. If you go to their clearance rack, yeah. you're like, these are $3. Right, because these they jeans are nothing. like three weeks old. I know, right? You have to get they're them like, off these the are a month old. So get them out of here. So, uh, so Yeah. Okay, things we sold. Um, we sold a vintage Corvette emblem, like the thing that goes on the car. What was that? For $80. Stingray? I feel Corvette like, yeah. Stingray? I feel like 
it got undersold, but we have had that for, for so five long. years. I've had that for so long. And I remember buying it at a flea market. A guy had like a bunch of car parts and he had these, those like emblems yeah. of different cars. I thought I was going to buy that and it was going to sell for like a thousand dollars. It's so <laughs> cool, but whatever. Apparently there's more of them for I cheaper. guess so. A mechanical pencil for $75. Oh, it was a pair of them. If people, people are so into mechanical pencils. uh, (laughs) And pens. It's a, it's it's like a niche that I don't know about. This just happened to end up in a box that we bought. But when I'm at auctions, they'll have like a lot of mechanical pencils. And I'll be like, you know. I'll jump in there and it gets yeah, right. to be like $400. Yeah, I'm like, never, oh God, what is I think also sometimes it's not just mechanical pencils. It's like those really, what are those really high end pens? It starts with an M. Um, mm. Someone out there is like, it's a such and such. Um, like a Mont Blanc. That's mm. what it is. Like those right. pens are worth like $500. Right. Like they're right. they're $1,000 new. Right. So if you find anything, I think ours were a paper mate. It was right. like paper mate, but it had, um, it was like a champion brand, like the auto parts brand. That's what was on it. I don't know. It was some, it was some niche yeah. thing, but for how much? 70 bucks. Yep. It was a good sale. Love that I mean, sale. <laughs> I mean, we did not sell anything over $100 yeah. this week. Uh, and that's another r- reason why our, our total net sales have been down, just yeah. because we ha- we're dollar. not selling higher priced items. Right. You know? Young Jay would be like, it, you sold something for $75? That's amazing. Well, look, I, I look at those numbers and I get excited because I'm like, you know, I had uh, that dress sitting forever and yeah. it sold for $60. And I'm like, that's a good price for a dress. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm excited for that. Today, which d- is not included in the, yeah. n- the numbers, right. Sunday, according to eBay, is the beginning of the week. Uh, right. We sold a $19, like a... Um, uh, a greeting card. Amazing. I sold a... I think we t- said this. I sold a bunch. It was like five or six of the vintage brownie greeting cards to someone. It's the same person. Hmm. So they came back oh, and looked back. through my cards. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I recognized the cool. name and the address. I was nice. like, oh, they might be framing them. They're like yeah. cool artwork. So Nice. Yeah. Cool. Okay, let's take the calls that were sent in this week okay you can call our voicemail line the phone number is 540-407-8486 or you can email us an audio file from your phone our email is the scavengerlife at gmail.com hey jay and ryan i'm a regular listener and um i wanted to just mention to you my experience recently with a situation where i needed to get the buyer's personal information or phone number or email um what happened was I had a, an expensive package that was lost in the mail. It was about $400 worth of Waterford crystal. So I filed my claim with ShipSaver. ShipSaver required that the um, buyer fill out this form. And so it was very specific, and I had to email it to them. Well, I could not get that information um, via eBay. So... What I ended up doing was going under order details, under paid and shipped, and then order details. And under the shipping details, it gives the buyer's full address and phone number. So I had messaged with this buyer multiple times, and um, 
I felt comfortable texting him. <laughs> so that's what I did. I texted him. I said, hey, I need your email address. I need to send you this link so that you can go to ShipSaver and um, fill out this form. And so I had already, I, I think I may have already refunded him, or I, I think I waited till just after he had done that. Or I don't remember those details. But anyway, um, it worked great. He was happy to take care of it for me. He wasn't bothered by the text. And um, it was just a great great way to get in touch with him because eBay does make it difficult. And he actually um, mentioned that too. He said, I just don't understand why eBay doesn't make this easier for you. But anyway, that worked for me. Um, I think if you have a buyer that you feel comfortable doing that with, it's a, it's a way to work around it. Uh, I thought I might call ShipSaver and ask them if there's a better way to do it, but for now it works. So that's good. And two thumbs up for ShipSaver because they refunded me within two days time, if not sooner. It was really fast. So I do appreciate you um, telling me about them. So thanks a lot. And I look forward to listening to you in the future. Yes. So ShipSaver does make you, uh, there's like a short link that they give you that's like, send this to your buyer. I think you can send, you know, and then they fill out a form like, yes, this arrived damaged or this was lost and whatever. And yeah. Um, I think you can send that link through eBay messages. I've done that before where I'm just like, Hey buyer, I'm filling out the insurance claim for this and this is the link. So please fill it out and it's fine. So I don't see why you can't do that, but I think the, idea to text people directly is smart as well. If you're like, we've already had, it's not like you're texting some stranger, but hasn't hasn't eBay been like hiding emails more, but that's email, not phone number. number. So what they do is they actually do hide. They do like that Craigslist anonymizer where it's like member one, six, five, four at eBay members.com. So like, that's the way you can email them. I don't know if those emails go through. I've tried that before where I'm like, I need to, right. like we said, yeah. ask for money for shipping, right. reshipping. No, I mean, it's good. I mean, and I'm really glad it worked out. And this is just on the same conversation we've been having the past couple yeah. of weeks. of, you know, eBay has some kind of, stri- you know, they have conflicting yeah. dialogue with sellers. Right. Where they... There, where these uh, warnings pop up, do not directly contact the buyer because that's outside of the rules. And sometimes we'll see that even if you've completed a sale and you're trying to do like what she's trying to do. And uh, maybe eBay won't get you in trouble, but like that's the uh, a nervous thing. And right. That's what well, and they say it right on the thing. They're like, you have you have the possibility of getting your account suspended if you're like trying to in quotes sell off of eBay when you're really just like trying to get repaid for reshipping something to someone's correct address. Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's, it's all good. We just, I mean, and and I'm glad people are giving examples of how it works for them. I'm glad that her package finally. Oh yeah. It didn't actually get to the person, but she got her money back. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Hi, this message is for Jay and Ryan. Um, this is 
Uh, Mark, I live in Canada, and I've been a long-time seller on eBay since 1999. Um, I have like a 100% feedback, and I've maintained that because what I do is when I'm listing stuff for sale, I will photograph even the scratches and dents and whatever, and I will you know, clearly point out in the description, and I know, as you mentioned on a recent podcast, that people don't read descriptions, and that's fine. But by having a photograph of any of the negative aspects of it, um, as well as having it in the description, if somebody says, oh, it's damaged, you can you can find that because that's what they bought. Um, you clearly listed it. If somebody buys something and doesn't pay attention to what they're buying, it's not your responsibility really to pay it back to them. Nowadays, it's hard to leave negative feedback for anyone anyway, I'm not sure why people even care about this. I mean, I do care because it's a, it's a quality issue for me. Disclose everything. I find that makes it a lot easier when people are buying stuff. Thanks, and uh, I love your podcast, and uh, keep up the good work. So, look, <laughs> I am totally on board. You're right. I You disclose everything. Yeah. If there's a chip, a scratch, yep, a dent, anything you think someone will be surprised by, you take a picture of it. That being said, I would disagree with your logic of as long as you put the pictures in there and disclose everything, then the buyer can't complain. The buyer can absolutely complain. The buyer can still open an item not described yep. case or a, 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 a return case. And eBay will absolutely side with the buyer yep. that you have to accept the return no matter how many photos yep. you put on there. And that's just the way it is. And yep. uh, I mean, the one thing is if you show in the photos that there's scratch or a dent and the buyer says item not as described because there's a scratch and they try and send and, and they send it back, we accept the return. But then when we get it, we don't have to give them all their money right yeah you don't have to um give them like all their shipping back and stuff but and and ebay should back you up yeah on that we can't deny the return right so they get their original money back right but they can't say we have to pay for shipping because we did something wrong because clearly we did now we did now we do have free returns so we do pay the return shipping i don't have to pay back the original shipping i will agree with him is that there are there is a, a layer of buyers who are reasonable who will say oh wait this thing has a chip in it and then if you send them the link like well on photo three i show that and they'll be like oh Oh, i wasn't paying attention that's on me and and so that does help that's not as common right so i will say that happens sometimes um it's happened a few times recently where someone says this has a scratch and I said, yep, I said that in the item description. I did it in the condition, <laughs> the item condition. Right. Um, I also said it was used, you know, like, and I showed a photo. And like you said, people will back down sometimes where they're like, oh, I didn't look at all the photos. Because honestly, some people don't look at all the photos either. Yeah. Um, they don't read and they don't look at all the photos. Uh, but there are times where um, people will open a return case and just say item damaged, item not as described, or just didn't like it. And a lot of times, honestly, they won't send it back because I, I will send a message. You know, I'll accept the return, but I'll also send a message like, hey, 
photo number three showed the scratch and the dent and the et cetera, et cetera. Um, but happy to take a return. And sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it anyway, you know. Um, but yeah, of course, I learned that <laughs> like you in 1999, where I was selling clothes with tears in it and people were leaving me negative feedback because they're like, this jacket liner is completely torn and that was not disclosed at all. And I'm like, <laughs> why didn't I just say that? Yeah. Like, you're just like, yeah, you, you, know, you hope, learn quickly. You just hope people don't notice, right? Like, <laughs> just well, like, they're like, yeah. You know what the fear is? And I, I see this when we started yeah. and also when people start is they're like, oh, well, then people won't buy my stuff. Right. Number one. Don't buy stuff that's so damaged that people aren't going to want it. And number two, if it's a cool enough item and it has damage and wear and whatever, yeah. someone will still want it. I mean, it. people will still buy things. Yeah. Even if you say it's got damage, if it's cool If it's a them. cool and, thing that and, they want. And that was this thing in, in our early days. We just weren't as confident with right. how cool the items we thought we they were. And then actually we did learn with a lot of clothes, like a sweater, for example, if there were so many holes and like a torn, you know, stitching yeah. that you didn't want to repair, you're like, this is actually not yeah. worth selling. I think that I think we even had a corporate policy like if you had to to show more than two problems, it's like <laughs> Get too rid of many. It. Yeah, like don't buy like, it. There's like eight holes and like three yeah. stains. <laughs> you're and like, like, yeah, you're like, this is something you can keep like, yourself as, as a work as a concept. It's a good sweater, but not as a reality. And then we learned those are sweaters that we would wear. Yeah, I'll wear, or I'll give it back to the thrift store, or you put it in the compost. <laughs> you know. Hey, Jan Ryan. See, I. Uh, Migrated to uh, eBay managed payments a couple months ago. I know I'm kind of late. Uh, that happened because I have coin auctions uh, in my store, and eBay just didn't migrate me for quite a while after many of the other people were. Anyway, it's going pretty well. But my question is, when I pay for shipping, my shipping charges go through PayPal, not through eBay managed payments. Is that what you guys, is, is that what people are doing now or do, am I supposed to be making a change? I looked around, I, I didn't really find how to do that, but I was curious if that's what you're doing. Thanks. Okay. So I'm pretty sure, and I'm just like recalling this from when managed payments started. Um, there's a checkbox in your shipping settings. Either it's on the print, print shipping label page down below. I don't know if they hit it. Um, but there is, if you Google it, probably someone will talk about it, or maybe someone can throw up a link on the forum. You can choose between PayPal or, uh, your managed payments, like, you know, your held payments or whatever. Uh, there should be a checkbox there somewhere. Cause I remember in the beginning, all my money was in PayPal. So I was like, yeah, I got to pay for shipping off PayPal. But now I'm like, I have no money in PayPal. So, I just do it off of managed payments. Like basically take the money this person paid and apply it towards this shipping label. So um, there is a checkbox for that. So just look around for it um, or Google it. And that is the answer. Okay, that's it for calls this week. If I have not mentioned the past couple weeks because I don't want it to be like some kind of like ad, but <laughs> if you would like to support us, we would like to give you something for your support, and that would be... Coffee! Yeah, so if you would like to buy some coffee, go to broadporchcoffee.com. Uh, Ryan is roasting. I roast the coffee. Yep. 
cooking the beans. I cook them <laughs> in a big oven. That's basically what it is. Big gas rotating barbecue you oven. Roast. We have 10 different kinds of coffees. Yep, I'm uh, looking at them right now. Are the the like the the favorite is Southern Split, which is a yes. medium roast to dark. Yeah, just very coffee, coffee. Like it's a very, classic. I drink yeah. it every morning. But we have light coffees. Yep. Uh, I really like the Cameroon. It's also kind of a, I love the a rich coffee, but it's kind of a special one for me. If you're into yeah. light coffee, I would say try our Burundi. And yep. I only say that because uh, Burundi is really hard to get right now from suppliers because of the pandemic. So How many more bags do we have? Uh, I'm looking at it, and it is half a bag left. Okay, and that's uh, so 75 pounds left. Yeah, 75. Five pounds of raw green coffee left for me to roast a Burundi. So and then and then we won't have that for how long? Uh, we're not till, sure. Till we talked to crop. our supplier and we're yeah. like, when's it coming in? It might not be till the fall. Gotcha. So if you like light coffee, Burundi is delicious. And I will say we have very uh, generous shipping. Some say in the company too generous, but it's six dollars <laughs> flat rate to ship. Yeah. So. Here's here here's a hint. The more coffee you buy, the better deal it is. Right. So, so if you buy two two pound bags, yeah, it's gonna last you a while. And you only pay six, six dollars shipping. Yeah. Right. And uh, Jay and I do the packing and shipping. Yep. So this is uh this is our little operation here. And if you happen to be driving through our little small town, you can come to our cafe on Main Street, USA. Open uh, seven days a week. Open seven days. Seven days a week. Yeah. Okay. We're this very, podcast is ending in three, three two, two, one. one. Bye. Bye.